episode 138 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast brings us back to the basketball court. We wrap up college basketball as tournaments lurk nearby. Plus, how did hockey go over the weekend? How many rosters did I end up writing for my broadcast? Because you totally saw that social media post. And some other goodies happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton area. If it's happening in Southwest Ohio, it's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcasts to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Cindy Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Let's take a moment and realize how great it is to be a fan in the Cincinnati-Dayton area. You have several basketball teams that have claimed regular season titles. As we head on to tournaments, you have a couple teams hosting some tournament games. You have a team that's hosting an at-large round in college basketball's Big Dance for Division Three. You have a team that's going to be representing the River States Conference. Well, spoiler there, if you know who's in that. But yeah, I just redid my entire notes on basketball scores. And I didn't realize how lucky we had it. I mean, this wasn't even just Division One. If you actually dig and look at some local colleges, they're doing some big things. So yeah, that's why I do this podcast, because the media doesn't bother. Sure, I mean, Dayton Flyers coverage is on the rise, but you know what? As soon as basketball season ends at UD, they're going right back to Ohio State. And this podcast won't, because guess what? There's sports that played year-round here. So, enjoy. We're going to start off with the one-minute dash. I still don't have an intro for this, so... One-minute dash. woo First, we'll start with Wright State and the Raiders. The men are the Horizon League regular season champs and don't have to share that title with NKU. Raiders finished 25-6, and 15-3 in the Horizon League after beating NKU on the road 64-62. Apparently, this is the first time in school history which I didn't think was right. Then I look back, it's like, yeah, that's probably right. So the Raiders won't get to play until Monday at 7 in the Horizon League Tournament at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. They'll get the lowest seed, or the highest number seed, of number 3 Green Bay, number 4 UIC, number 5 Youngstown State, or number 6 Oakland. The women are 19-11, and 13-5 in HL. They swept the Michigan trip and took the first round battle with number 10 UIC, 83-47. Rice State gets number 6 Cleveland State at the Nutter Center tomorrow at 7. And then, if the Raiders can beat the Vikings for a third time this season, it's off to Indianapolis. Go both Raider squads. <laughs> Onwards to UD, the number 3 ranked men's basketball squad, 27-2, 16-0 in A-10 play, 
After beating Davidson at home 82-67, Flyers are at Rhode Island tonight, late night at 9, and then George Washington comes into UD Arena to close out the season this weekend, Saturday. The Flyers are already the A-10 regular season champs. How impressive is that Flyers team playing? The women's team also had an impressive year, 22-8, and 15-1 and at A-10 play, already the A-10 regular season champs. They beat St. Louis on the road 78-66. The Flyers are hosting the A-10 tournament after the first round, so quarterfinals, semis, and championship game are at UD Arena this weekend, and it starts Friday at 11 a.m., where number one Dayton gets number nine Richmond at 11. And we'll talk a little bit more about the A-10 tournament later. There is going to be... Seven games over the weekend. Not counting the men's basketball game. So definitely come on out and support some A-10 hoops. Onwards to Miami. Red Hawks hoops. Tough year this year. The men are 12-18. and 5-12 in the MAC, which is 6th place in the East after falling at Buffalo 75-69, which struck a two-game winning streak, which both of those games were at home. What's up last for the Red Hawks before the MAC tournament? Ohio and the Battle of the Bricks. Again, the Red Hawks have won two straight at Millette Hall. The women, 11-17 overall, 4-12 in the MAC, fifth place in the East after dropping six in a row. The Red Hawks host BGSU tonight, that's Bowling Green, and then make the trip to Athens, Ohio, take on Ohio Saturday. And next episode, we should be talking more about the MAC tournament, since the Red Hawks still have a little bit more to play. Most of the teams that we're talking about today, are already in the conference tournaments, but Miami is not. Still a little bit more season to finish for both Red Hawks squads. And now let's talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats. Been an interesting year for first-year head coach John Brennan, making the move from NKU to UC. The Bearcats 19-10 overall, 12-5 in the American. Third place, but half game back of Houston and Tulsa. The Bearcats picked up a road win last night, 79-67 at USF. Tough time for Coach Brennan. He recently lost his dad. It's been a rough patch of games for him. The Bearcats have one game left. Senior day this Saturday night against the Temple Owls. The women on the other side, 20-9, 11-5 in the AAC, tied with UCF for second, only to the UConn Huskies. I think all the women's teams in the American are happy UConn's going to the Big East. The Bearcats picked up a nice home win against East Carolina, 76-53. We'll either get Memphis or SMU in the first round of the AAC tournament at the Mohegan Sun Arena. I believe that's the home of the... the Connecticut Sun of the WNBA, which is awesome. That's a, that's a basketball court. Well, it's a professional basketball court. There you go. Staying in Cincinnati as we talk Xavier Musketeers basketball. The men are 19-10, and 8-8 eight and eight in the Big East. Not to be confused with the Big Ace, which I just said in the first take. After beating Georgetown on the road in a close shave, 66-63. Xavier's at Providence tonight, and then will host the Butler Bulldogs Saturday. The women are 3-26, 2-16 in the regular season after falling at St. John's, 74-37. The Musketeers will get number 7 Villanova in Chicago, Friday at 2.30, for the Big East Women's Tournament. It's been a tough year for Xavier Women's Hoops. Men's Hoop, they hit a snag early on in Big East play, but they've righted the ship, 500, 
And I think this Musketeers team can hang with just about everyone in the Big East. I mean, hey, they gave Seton Hall their first loss. Now the Pirates have three of them in Big East play. So we'll see. What tournament time will host Coach Steele and the Muskies? Now the last D1 team we talk about in the Sunday area, Northern Kentucky. Norse, second place in Horizon League after falling at home to Wright State in that 64-62 affair. 21-9 overall, 13-5 on the year. Norse have the highest remaining seed or the lowest number of number 3 Green Bay, number 4 UIC, number 5 YSU, or number 6 Oakland on Monday at 9.30. That will be on ESPN2, Wright State's game ESPNU. The women Norse, 19-11, 12-6 for 4th place, I believe, in the HL. They swept the Michigan road trip just like Wright State did, and they also handed number 9 Detroit Mercy their season-ending loss, 94-47. NKU's women will get number 5 Milwaukee at home Thursday at 7 before the Norse have a chance to go to Indianapolis, Indiana. So, close games for NKU and Wright State's women, but a pair of wins for the Dayton and Cincinnati Horizon League teams means a trip west to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, not India. But yeah, good season for NKU hoops. Now for D2 hoops, starting with Central State, both the men and women are currently in the SIAC tournament in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The men, 17-12 and 11-8 and in conference play after beating Fort Valley State to kick off the SIAC tourney, 87-79. Clark Atlanta's next for the Marauders Thursday. Women, 14-15 on the year, 10-8 and in conference play, but they beat Kentucky State 63-52 to open up their side of the tournament. And the women marauders have Lemoyne Owen College this Thursday. Cedarville season is done. Men 18-11, 13-5 GMAC. They lost the number 5 Malone, 73-71. Women 20-8, 13-5 in GMAC after bowing out of the GMAC tourney against number 5 Malone, 83-73. Urbana men 8-20, 7-15 the Mountain East after winning their last home games against Wheeling, 74-67 and Notre Dame College, 66-65. Almost got through it. But Urbana, the Blue Knights, of course, part of the Mountain East, they're in the MEC Championship. That's played at Wheeling's West Banco Arena, also home of the ECHL Nailers. And the Blue Knights have West Virginia Wesleyan tonight for the first round. Women finished 17-11 and 13-9 in the regular season. After splitting their last two home games, they beat Wheeling 93-68 and fell to Notre Dame College. That's Notre Dame College in Northeast Ohio, not the South Bend, Indiana Institute. 90-79. Concord will await the Blue Knights for a quarterfinal match in Wheeling. For D3 hoops, Mount St. Joseph's season completely done. Men went 6-19, 4-14 in the Heartland. They fell to Anderson 82-78 to finish their season. Women 7-18, 6-12 after falling at Anderson 53-49. Earlham 10-15, 6-12 in the Heartland. They beat Manchester at home, 73-66 to close out the season. Joe Schurers picks up 10 wins in his first year at the helm, first time since George Wagner's mark in 1974-75. And a big benchmark there, only Del Harris and Norman Wan back in 1965-66 and 1923-24 have more in their first year. That tells you how well he did in his first year. Women went 8-18 eight and 18 for Earlham, 7-11 in the Heartland after falling in the first round of the tournament to Franklin, 63-35. Wilmington also completed their year, 10-16, 8-10 and 10 
in the OAC for the Quakers. They fell to Marietta to complete their season. 80, 83-78. The women went at Wilmington College 11-15, and 7-11 in the OAC after falling at John Carroll and then bowed out with the same John Carroll handing the Quakers another loss, this time 79-67. Now Wittenberg, I knew I wasn't going to get this done in a minute, but Wittenberg, the women finished the year 19-8, 11-5 in the NCAC after falling to Denison, the semis, 60-52. That was at DePaul. Not Denison, Denison's in Granville. I know that. The men, well, they fell in the NCAC final to Wooster, the second time out of three tries that the Tigers couldn't beat Wooster. This time, 87-63, Wooster winning the NCAC title. That gave the Tigers their second loss, 26-2, 17-1 in the regular season and that tournament, and that dropped Wittenberg from number four to number nine in D3 polls from D3hoops.com. However, because Wittenberg did such an amazing job this year, Wittenberg got an at-large bid and will host first and second round games, March 6th and 7th. And Wittenberg has La Roche University, who are 21-6, 19-1 in the Allegheny Mountain Collegiate Conference. And this will be Friday and 6th in Springfield. So yeah, and you thought Wright State and Dayton were the only successful teams in the Dayton area. Wrong! That was a lot to talk about D3 hoops, and I was trying to get through all of it, but then I realized, hmm... Talking about Wittenberg, yeah, number nine in the country in D3 hoops. And I don't care what you say, D3 hoops, it's still basketball. It's just no scholarships. So, there you go. And Wittenberg, on their website, claims to be the most successful team in D3 in terms of wins and winning percentage. So, that's something to hang your hat on in Springfield. Let's talk the local JUCO squad. Sinclair, the men finished 15-15 and 15 on the year, 4-8. In the OCCAC, they beat Terra State to close out the season in OT 98-96. The Sinclair women, 16-14, and 4-7, and but they beat Clark State at home 85-67 for the OCCAC tourney, and that will give Sinclair a game at Lakeland this Friday. For Clark State, the men went 17-14 and 14 overall, 5-7 and seven in the OCCAC, after bowing out of the tourney to Bryant and Stratton, Ohio, 82-74. The Clark State women... Went 6-24, and 0-11 in the tournament, or in the conference, after exiting the postseason tourney to St. Clair, 85-67. Addison State, the men, 17-12, 7-4 in the Ohio Community College Athletic Association. They fell at home to Lakeland, 178. We'll get an NJCAA D2 District Tourney semifinal game against Cuyahoga at Ohio Lancaster. That's Ohio Lancaster, Friday at 7. And the women... What a successful year they had. They tied with Owens Community College for first at 10-1 in the OCCAC, 26-3 overall. Essen State has a eight-game winning streak and will battle Cuyahoga at OU Lancaster for the D2 District Tourney Semis. Now, I thought the OCCAC had their own tournament, but looking at all three of them, I, I don't know if they do or not. But some more community college or JUCO hoops going on in the area. And you can see what could be future stars of local teams there today for cheaper. Well, maybe not cheaper. Well, Sinclair, I don't think you have to pay to watch, but you get what I'm saying. NAIA time. We'll start with number 18, Thomas Moore and the men. 24-6, and 11-5 in the Mid-South. After beating 
Cumberland, Tennessee on the road, 70-65. That closes out the regular season. Saints are the number three seed in the Mid-South Tournament and get number six, Lindsey Wilson in Bowling Green, Kentucky. The Women's Saints are ranked number 22 in the NAIA. 29-9-7 and Mid-South after beating the same Cumberland, Tennessee squad on the road. 78-67 in OT, where the Saints outscored the foes 17-6 in extra time. Fourth seed for TM. They draw number five, Pikeville, in the quarterfinals. Indiana University East, the women, 10-21, and 8-8 in the River States Conference. They fell to IU Southeast, 85-73, to finish the season in the tournament. The number 23 Red Wolf men, 23-10, 14-2 River States Conference. And they got the RSC title over number 22 IU Kokomo, 70-65. And that will give the Red Wolves a chance to play in the NAIA National Tournament. They'll find out who and where and what seed they'll play as tonight at 6. So literally 45 minutes from the time of recording. But yeah, Indiana East has some really good local hoops. And yes, you can complain, yes, Richmond, that's not local. Neither is Ohio State, but there you go. But yeah, congrats to IU East. And just to make sure I have my bases covered for Wilberforce, I think we talked about this last time. Their season ended pretty early, almost as early as the ORCC teams do. But men went 8-16, and 1-5 in the Association of Independent Institutions. Independents have their own conference now? They fell to Brescia on the road, 105-93. That completed the season for the men. The women Bulldogs, 17-10, 3-3 in the same AII. They won at Bluefield State, 71-67. That completed their season. I think we talked about that last time, but to make sure I cover my bases. There's some Wilberforce hoops for you. And to be honest with you, I think we covered the USCAA and the Ohio Regional Campus Conference teams in the last one-minute dashes, and their seasons were over that update, but we won't do the one-minute dash for that because I'm sure you're tired of that ticking noise already. For Wright State Lake, the men went 4-19. They fell at home to Andrews, 104-50. And... I'm on the wrong page on that. Fourth wall, I broke it. There's some games that are not recorded on the Lakers' schedule. But the season's complete. The women went 4-15. and They fell at Midway, 98-42. Their contest at Siena Heights doesn't have a result. Season's complete. For Cincinnati Claremont, the men's basketball team went 23-4. and Outstanding. But... They did drop an NAIA exhibition at Thomas More, 83-39. That completes UC Claremont season. The women went 18-6. They fell to St. Mary of the Woods. As opposed to St. Mary of the Land or St. Mary of the Sea. There's a lot of St. Mary's. There's St. Mary's College, and that's another NAIA team. Sorry, that's getting out of topic. The women Cougars fell 91-74. Season finished. Southern State and Hillsboro, the men went 1-25. They fell to Villa Maria, 102-69. And that wrapped up their season, 1-25. And the women apparently didn't have a season, so there you go. And a big congrats again to Miami Hamilton. The men Harriers defeated Ohio Lancaster, 104-93 for the state championship. The women defeated Miami Middletown, 90-77 for the state championship. So Hamilton, two titles coming to the MU campus which is outstanding. Last time I was there, they still had the Miami Hamilton Chiefs logo up, which is, if you love historic logos and everything, it's awesome. 
and I adore that. But it's been years, so I might be wrong on that. Who knows? And that's the end of the one-minute dashes. We cover a lot of basketball. Like I mentioned, it's a very exciting time. I tell you that IU East, they're playing the NAIA Big Dance. Wright State, Dayton, they're looking to punch their tickets through the horizon. And the A-10, Dayton, I don't think they really need to win the A-10, but, you know, getting out of the first tournament game certainly helps. Wright State, I feel, needs the Horizon League more. I mean, yes, if Wright State falters in the tournament, there's the NIT, but big dance. That's what everyone's predicting. And yes, I see the predictions. Dayton, Wright State, and Cleveland. Number two Flyers, number, what would that be, 14, 15 Raiders? Yeah, it'd be nice if the Gem City Jam would start back up, but not in Cleveland, in Dayton. Maybe have, like, oh, you know, a game in Dayton. That'd be great. Have me announce it. That'd be even greater. But no, you see that's an exciting time for the schools. And definitely, I'll keep my eye out on all of them. And throughout the weeks, once March Madness hits, sorry, the angry month, the angry third month of the year, because you can't say MM because it's copyright and the NCAA doesn't like it. So there you go. That'll be our little secret. I'd be a lot more worried if more people listen to this podcast. Which is a crying shame because we talk a lot of local sports compared to what I see in the local media. But hey, there you go. Tell your friends. As now we increase the volume and stop whispering for some reason on this podcast, we'll continue with part two of episode 138. A couple neat things going on in the area that's not basketball. And yes, I finally counted all the rosters I wrote up in my hockey broadcasting season. You won't believe what happens. What happens is I tell you after the break. Also, a National Gridiron League team. That sounds fake, doesn't it? Well, it's not. Moving from Evansville, Indiana to Dayton, Ohio. And this league is apparently an indoor football league? Hmm. Talk more later on episode 138 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast after the timeout. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday Sports gear by T Public. We resume episode 138 with a philosophical question. Can a team move if it never existed here in the first place? That's interesting. This is from the Evansville Courier and Press, and it's written by Chad Linscrog. I sincerely hope I pronounced that right. And it was written two days ago. Now, before we continue on, If you know the name Indiana Firebirds, or if you watched your Arena Football League from back in the day, the Albany Firebirds in New York had a tremendous run in those years, and then got sent to Indianapolis, Indiana, and then played at Conseco Fieldhouse, and didn't have the same amount of success as four seasons. And I think there's been a couple other minor league teams trying to reestablish the Indiana Firebirds name, with little to no success on that. So, there's another try for the Indiana Firebirds. 
However, apparently this Indiana Firebirds team has already left the nest of Evansville, Indiana to Dayton, Ohio. And to discuss a little bit more, the National Gridiron League got its start with indoor football, which is a totally different game. I mean, sure, your tactics are there, but you have walls and indoor football. You don't have that in outdoor football. If you run into a wall in outdoor football, stop running! Jeez. No, no the, the, the game itself, it's, it's in the same state, but it's different. Whereas indoor football, the field's cut in half. You have eight players out there instead of your 11, you know, because of space. And really, your passing game is going to be your bread and butter. Just because running games, it's tough to run. And you have that limited amount of space. Although I'm not saying running games in indoor football are absolutely, you know, worthless. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, you'll probably get to see a lot more passing. So yeah, the National Gridiron League, as you just hear the cat, zoom to the window, which has nothing to do with the Firebirds. Just thought I'd bring a little smile to your face, because our cat is cute. So apparently, not only do they announce the two teams are going to be locating, the National Gridiron League, they also announce kind of a preference to go to the outdoor game instead of the indoor game. You know, I've never heard of a league do that. At all. If you stay indoor, you stay indoor. If you stay outdoor, you stay outdoor. We take the Continental Indoor Football League. There's never once a time where there's like, huh, outdoor. They play in a horse barn when Lexington had a team, and that was fun to go down to, because I only had one set of uh, goalposts hanging. But no, that was a really cool trip. Uh, Brian Reese and I took that and called that game. That was a lot of So I enjoyed it. But there was never a time where, you know, CIFL is like, maybe we should incorporate indoor and outdoor. So to tell you a little bit more about the NGL, it's eight-man football meaning eight players on the field. That's it. No 11. Now, granted, there are some high schools that can't field 11-man teams. You know, your smaller schools. So they go down to eight. There's not a lot of them in Ohio, but there are some. There's a couple schools that I was like, hmm, they're not down to eight? Okay. But there you go. So you can tell the Evansville Press, not too happy. Not too, you know, sad about the Firebirds taking off. I'll tell you the second paragraph. You can find this at CourierPress.com. And again, it was written two days ago from this day recording. The National Gridiron League, which is no more than a fantasy football league as it currently exists, announced Thursday evening two franchises would be relocating. It didn't even name the respective teams of that non-announcement. Third paragraph, after much ado about nothing, it appears the franchise that was supposed to be Evansville Arena football team has moved to Dayton, Ohio but we're now allegedly play at a high school stadium starting in mid-April. Yes, that's how I'm saying that's, you know, going from indoor to outdoor. I mean, Dayton, a couple years back, what was that team? Wolfpack, Dayton Wolfpack, that wanted to play at the Nutter Center and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth, which broke my heart. Really hoping they succeed. Because, hey, indoor football, like I said, it's probably my first take, but like I said in that take, Great sport. It's a lot of fun to watch, especially when you get to bounce off walls to keep on playing. Yeah, I, I like I like indoor football, but if you look at the sport itself, especially with the AFL, you know, biting the dust and no Columbus Destroyers 2.0 or year number two, 
Although next year, Columbus gets in the IFL. And the Jermaine uh, Carr folks in Central Ohio bought the interest rights to the IFL. So that's going to be interesting to see. So yes, Dayton, Ohio, allegedly play at a high school stadium. Well, Brian asked CJ on Twitter. Uh, that's Shamanah Julian, not a guy named CJ. It's like, hey, they're going to play. No response, so who knows. But that's what the schedule says. Roger Glass Stadium. Yes, I love that stadium. I love the view of downtown Dayton. And I think, beautiful place. I mean, for semi-football, semi-pro football, it's outstanding there. And I love Roger Glass Stadium. I, uh, I don't know if I see the Firebirds take it off or not. One, because April is next month. Which, actually, going back to that, I looked on the schedule again on my phone. It's like, wait, they're moving and it's only about two weeks before the first kickoff? No, it's next month. Mid-next month, but still. <laughs> Woo! Good thing I double-checked that. Eight-man arena football outdoors. If you believe that, Chad from the Evansville Courier and Press has a bridge to sell you. It better be a nice bridge, darn it. Better not be Crybaby Bridge and gratis. I don't want that bridge. Good riddance to the NGL and the Firebirds. They, quote-unquote, played with people's lives during the dysfunction of last year's failed rollout, didn't pay ex-employees, joy, and then attempted to debut again this year only to have, only to leave 12 players stranded in Evansville after canceling a minicamp at the final hour in January. Yikes. Now, of course, there's always two sides of things, but... <clears throat> Just You're moving, and it's a month before the first kickoff. And you were supposed to play indoors. Now you're playing outdoors. I could list the Nutter Center as a possible place. Not really Trent. Those seats don't go back enough, so no. Not Trent, sorry. Can't say Hera anymore. Hobart? Eh, would Hobart really want that in the summer? I mean, granted, that's mostly concert season, so... No, probably not. League representatives have not returned requests for comment from the Courier and Press and other local media since the relocation news. When Chad previously reached out at the beginning of February on Twitter, the Firebirds team account said, No need. We're all good. How do you turn down local press coverage? There's... My big thing is, when the local media doesn't cover local teams, that gets me upset. But when local teams just refuse it... What? How do you refuse media coverage? My lord, I wouldn't turn down media coverage. Grand, hopefully it's something that I did good and not bad. Yeah, this whole story is just strange. It's... Uh, I, uh. The league also intends to play a 16-game schedule well into August, while the V-Vamped, V-Vamped, even the revamped XLL, hey, fourth time's a charm, hooray me, is only 10 weeks. So, in Ohio, you know, August is the start of football. Really grinding down. Your two-a-days, and then preseason, jamborees, scrimmages, and then, later on in the month, week one. Bam! If you're playing into August, you're gonna screw up with that. Because, guess what? Shamna Julian has first claim to Roger Glass Stadium. As I should, it's their stadium. So, a lot of things just really don't add up with this. Do I hope the Dayton Firebirds succeed? Yeah! Sports succeed in Dayton and Cincinnati! That's what this podcast is all about! 
But I, 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 I don't know. A little bit more about the league. The National Gridiron League, which built itself as a minor league alternative to the National Football League. Okay, first off, NFL doesn't play indoor football. Granted, there's domes like Indianapolis, Lucas Oil. I almost said RCA Dome. Wow, I'm old. You have domes, sure, but you don't scale down the field. Indoor football, you do, just because you can't really expand that much. And would be America's premier spring football league. So, Dayton. Looks like we have the Dayton Firebirds. Now, if you try to Google this, good luck. Because we'll do this right now. Live experimentation on this podcast. You get everything on here. Dayton Firebirds. Enter. Searching on Google. First result. Firebirds Wood Fire Grill. Miamisburg Restaurant. Four and a half stars out of five. Price range 30 and under. There's some love to Firebirds Wood Fire Grill. It's a steakhouse. You know, I've never heard of this. Now I, <laughs> It's in Austin Landing. Now I really want to hear it. And now there's Tucson, Arizona. I put in Dayton for a reason. This one has four stars out of five out of 308 reviews. So, Yeah, the restaurant in Austin Landing, which, by the way, if you want some steak, you can go there. Scroll down. Bam. Dayton Firebirds is like the sixth result. And there we go. And I'm logged out of Facebook. <laughs> oh, man. This start of this episode or the second part of it, I don't even know anymore. But not having, you know, your results right on top, that doesn't help. Granted, I don't know how much local media knows about this. I shared it because I found it on rsportscentral.com. Orgidcom, our Sports Central. It's on Facebook. They also have a Twitter feed, but mm. so I'm going to like the page right there. That was a big click until Noisegate gets rid of the click. Firebirds, FTBL is the Facebook username. Last post is March the first. NGL, XFL, NFL. Don't allow anyone to stop you. Continue your path. The Dayton Firebirds are a professional American football team based in Dayton, Ohio. The Firebirds joined the NGL as a relaunch team in 2019 and will first take the field for the 2020 season. The team will compete in the Eastern Football Conference, North Division. That's their story. Like I said, I'm not rooting against them, but... I don't know. I just feel like you move from where you were supposed to play, you change your formula from indoor to outdoor football, you still play eight-player football outdoors now. I don't... I'm going to keep my eye out on this. Although I just noticed the logo is still says Indiana Firebirds before they even move to date. It's a shame, too, because, like I mentioned, the Firebirds' name, if you remember the the heyday of the Arena Football League 1.0. I mean, Albany Firebirds, they did some work in New York. Many times they played for the Arena Bowl. Then they moved to Indianapolis, and success just wasn't there in the four seasons. And then some crazy stuff happened, and they just folded. And there's been a couple... I feel like there's been a couple people try to resurrect 
the Firebird's name. They're not the Phoenix, they're Firebird. But, yeah. How about that? So, we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled on that. Like I mentioned, the first game is next month, like mid-14th, and... Let's go find their page real quick. It's on my phone. If you go to DaytonFirebirds.com, it will pull up the website. The first game is scheduled Sunday, April 19th at 4 p.m. against the Kansas City Capitals, spelled with a K. And again, it's at Roger Glass Stadium. Hit tickets. And it shows the arena. I believe that's the arena in Evansville. Although it does, there's a picture on there. You can sit in the intact side of the bleachers, which is far left and far right, so you'd be at an end zone, basically. For 17 bucks, season package 104. VIP Field Suites, which is where, okay, so if you followed the Dayton Dynamo the year they played at Roger Glass, that's where the Gem City Squadron sat. They're selling these, along with and field seats, so behind each end zone. 74 bucks a game, 544 for season two. For eight games. Your cheapest ticket, 17 bucks. Again, that's <clears throat> on the far end of the bleachers, so you're close to the end zones, but you're sitting... What would that be? Around the... Around the five-yard line, it looks like. Family seats, 22 bucks. Prime seats, 32 bucks. And premium seats, which middle section and the closest seats to the field on sections 103, 106, which would be right next to the middle seats. 44 per game, 304 for a season ticket. So, there you go. Dayton Firebird. DaytonFirebirds.com. Again, I want them to succeed, but we'll see. Apparently, when Dayton plays their first road game, they'll be at the St. Louis Stampede at GCS Credit Union Ballpark. Don't know about St. Louis. I've never been to St. Louis, so I can't say, but that sounds like a baseball park. If it's a football field, that'd be nice, but we'll see. It's also Watch Live on there, too, but, uh... Is that YouTube? Hey, YouTube! That'd be great. I love when teams stream on YouTube. That's what I stream on. And I think that's a perfect getaway to talk about my YouTube. Actually, it's Self Metro's YouTube, but I broadcast on it. Yes, my hockey broadcasting season has concluded. And with the Post-Ohio District Championship with Beaver Creek defeating Alter 2-0, that was my 400th game at South Metro and my four years since Nick Poe got the idea we're going to stream Centerville High School games 400 games in four seasons, an average of 100 per hockey season, which starts November and goes until March, or February, really. That's amazing. So you probably wonder how many rosters I wrote this year. The answer is 92. I had one rip. It was when Cincinnati was at the Lancers game. where I had to put the camera over the glass. I didn't have a net over me. Luckily, no pucks went my way. Thank goodness for that. But 92 rosters. There was a part of last week's Buckeye Year in tournament where I stopped writing the rosters because I didn't have enough time. There was a lot of players, and 
I handwrite rosters for hockey broadcasts because I need to know how to say names. If I don't do it, then I'm not going to remember it. And I have it numerically ordered, too, so it's like, bam, 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 bam. Some people do ask me, how do I remember it? I say, these legal pads from Dollar Tree. In fact, I probably should own stock in that, but I don't. So 92 rosters, that's... I'll probably pitch, to be honest, because, you know. I might keep a couple for next year, if I do high school hockey again, but... 92, and 400 games at South Metro. That puts my total career at 1,197. Meaning I need three more to reach 1,200 broadcasts all time. Which, uh... I seem to be getting these milestones quicker and quicker, so I definitely have things at Metro for that. Let's talk a little bit more about hockey. My broadcasting is done, but ice hockey is not. So, do you like upsets? I heard you like upsets. You know how I've talked about Upper Arlington from time to time? Well, the Golden Bears are not going to represent Columbus. They got upset. In fact, it was 3-2 New Albany, the fourth-seeded Eagles, dethroning Upper Arlington. Now, to tell you a little bit about the capital, Upper Arlington, New Albany are in the strongest division. That's the Red Division. And Upper Arlington only have one tie to St. Charles, who also lost in the weekend, which is another upset. To be able to upset the number two team in the state, that's huge. And do I think New Albany can carry it all the way now? Yeah. I think they proved themselves. I mean, on the other side, they do have a pretty good Olentangy Liberty team. That's three versus four, Patriots and Eagles. It might be Olentangy Liberty's year. Or it might be New Albany carrying from that win against Upper Arlington. And we'll determine that March 7th at 2 at Nationwide Arena's Ice House. That's weird because that's, uh... Wait, is that Saturday too? Yeah, that's Saturday too. Never mind. I was going to say Friday at 2. That's weird. But no, Saturday afternoon at the Ice House Nationwide Arena. We will see who goes to the Final Four. And the Final Four will play Nationwide Arena. You know, host of the NHL Blue Jackets March 14th and 15th. And that will be the end of ice hockey season. So next weekend. I always feel like ice hockey flies by too fast. And it's sad. By the way, would you like to know who beat St. Charles? Sure you do. Olentangy Orange, the sixth seed. The Pioneers defeated the Cardinals for what? But then the Pioneers could not beat their... You know, I was going to say older brother, but I think Orange is the older high school of the two. I think. There's four high schools in Olentangy. Olentangy is the or- oldest. Olentangy Berlin is the youngest. And then you have, I believe, Orange, then Liberty. From oldest and youngest. But, man, Olentangy Liberty has had quite a lethal program over the years. So if New Albany can beat the Patriots, what's stopping the Eagles? If the Patriots can move on, I think the Patriots can represent Columbus quite well. So to tell you about the other brackets, because, well, crown winners there too. At Kent State University's Ice Arena, it'll be number two mentor against number one Gilmore Academy. One versus two there, with a chance to play nationwide. That's the Kent District. Sylvania, which is Toledo. Number one, Sylvania Northview against number three, St. Francis de Sales of Toledo. In case you're wondering who the two seed was, 
Toledo St. John's, and they played the second round against number one Northview. How strange is that? You have one and two in the second game for St. John. Wouldn't you want one and two to... I, I don't know. I don't make the brackets. I just comment on them. Brooklyn, I believe, is Northeast Ohio, Cleveland. And it's St. Ignatius, the number one seed against number two, St. Edward. St. I, St. E at the Brooklyn Recreation Center, March 7th at 1. So yeah, final four, final four just on the way. Can you honestly believe that we're at that point already? I kind of can't. It's it's a little sad because I feel like ice hockey ends. It starts up late, ends early. It's just, man. I do want to talk about the senior all-star game and then the first ever uh, Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. I believe, actually, I believe I do did cover it. It's on episode 137, which is a short one. Before I talk about the Dragons, and it becomes an hour and a half. Again, March 15th, 2020, 9 a.m. Nationwide Arena. It's free. You can see seniors. Again, to represent Cincinnati Dayton, Zach Sens, the head coach of the Tylerwana Brave. Great year that the Brave had. They were the last Sunday team to play. And they fell short to Upper Arlington, which would turn out to be the Golden Bears' last win in the tournament. From Troy, Zach Ulenbrock. From Springboro, Slade Surikov. From St. X, Noah Reedy. From, there's one more, I promise. Alter, Jack Augustine. That's your Cincinnati Dayton. Uh, that's Southwest, which means Columbus and Toledo in that area. And Sunday, of course. But let me open my Gmail account to tell you about the Swashel All-Stars. Because that'll be the first All-Star game held by the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. Which I think, I think that's great. And I wish, you know, it wasn't the absolute first one. I, I wish it was the thing that kept on going. But, here we go. Just to let you know, in case you're curious, hey, you said a gold member, but they're not in a gold school. Well, they mix up the roster, so it's not just all red players versus gold players. So here we go. Representing the gold all-star team. John Lenhart of Elder, Marshall Merck of the Cincinnati Lancers, formerly LaSalle High School, Nick Jentz of Mason, Jackson Schock and Marty Kahn of Sycamore, Kahn being a goalie, Zach Eulenbrock of Troy, Sigurd Peterson of Alter, Alex Folga of Beaver Creek, Riley Horan of Centerville. From Talawanda, you got three in the gold team, Jack Stevens, Grady Holmes, Ben Schreider. Beaver Creek has Braden Cox, along with Elders Gabe Neidhart, Blake Mahoney of Mason, Talawanda also sends Reed Benamati to the gold team. Nate Schoffelbein of Beaver Creek and Alters Will Augustine. That's your gold team. However, there is already one unattendee, uh, one person that can't make it. Blake Mahoney will not be part of the gold team. He can't make it. To start off the... Also, Will Augustine, who normally plays forward for the Alter Knights, he can play defense, which I thought was Spencer Morgan, but... No, Will Augustine. Neat. Now for the red team. From Alter, Jack Augustine. Beaver Creek has Cole Gutterman. Joe Numbers of Centerville. Talawanda. With Jack Tincher. Brandon Cameron. Jake Tyree. Who isn't listed unable to attend. He couldn't play most of the end of the season. Jake Tyree because of a knee injury. Which stunk. Because, you know, he couldn't help his brave on the ice to win the Swashel and go pretty far in the Columbus District. 
but he was still behind the bench, so he did help the Brave, just on the ice. We also have... Joey Corey from Elder, who can't make it. Tyler Sayuda of Elder, who's a goalie. Mason Bosch of the Lancers, who can't make it. Lil McDonald of Mason. Sycamore's Cullen O'Shea. Mike McGuirka Troy. Thomas Bush of Beaver Creek. Justin Peters of Centerville, which I heard he will be able to play, which is great news. At least the senior gets one more game to close out his high school playing days. Colin Teal of Elder. Nikki Dawson Mason. Spencer Morgan of Alter. And Jim Monroe of Centerville. And yes, I was right. It does say Spencer Morgan can play defense. Normally he's on a front line. So there you go. All-star team for Swashel. I heard it's Saturday, 6.15 at Miami U's Goggin Ice Center. I don't know what they're charging at the gates. But it's always a great day for hockey. And I cannot wait to hear about that. Because, again, first ever All-Star game for the Swashel. It's representing All-Stars. It's not just like, well... You know, Cincinnati Dayton, they don't have a lot of ice hockey team, but that means they don't have any talent. Wrong! There's talent on all the teams. It, the problem is, with ice hockey, you don't have your ring. At least in Southwest Ohio, you don't. Talawanda, I'm sure, has a deal with Miami U, you know, Oxford's High School, Oxford's University, you know, together at last. You know, it's it's nothing new, but it's nice to see the the uh, friendship and the business partnership there. You have three sheets of ice in the span of a mile on 42 in Sharonville slash Evendale. That's it. I mean, Indian Hill's got a sheet of ice, but it's private. If you play with the Indian Hill Rangers, you can play there, but most it's not open to the public, so there you go. And Heritage Bank Field, or Her- Field. Heritage Bank Center in Cincinnati. That's it. That's your ice. In Dayton, you got Hobart and Troy. And it's your last sheet of ice until you get to Finley. You have South Metro, of course. That's where I broadcast from. Kettering. I feel like I'm missing another sheet of ice, and I don't know where. I already covered Miami U. Yeah, I guess that's it. I thought there was, well, Hera, but Hera's, you know, gone. So, there you go. So, definitely good luck to all the All-Stars representing Cincinnati and Dayton. And it's been real honor broadcasting my fourth season of high school hockey. It's been nice to talk to everyone about everything. And congrats to the Beaver Creek Beavers. They defeat Alter 2-0 for the Post-Ohio District Tournament, which, again, that tournament, first year at South Metro, and the purpose is to make sure the players, uh, mostly the seniors, don't remember their last game as being a 16-0 wash to a big Columbus school in the playoffs. It's one more chance to be, you know, I don't want to say assertive, competitive. That's why. Oh, by the way, yours truly broadcast 46 games in the last three weeks. So, a little bit tired. Tell me something I don't know. But yes, very, very tired. I also want to talk about an upcoming hockey event. If I could pull up my pictures here. It's from my good friends at the Dayton Fire Department Hockey Team. And it's going to be April 25th at the NTPRD Chiller at 6 o'clock. And it's going to be 
a benefit for Detective Del Rio's family. Again, NTPRD Chiller, 301 West Main Street in Springfield. Join the Dayton Fire Hockey Club, the Fort Wayne Freeze, which is Fort Wayne's Fire and Police Departments, and Dayton FOP Lodge 44 for an evening of hockey as we honor the life of Detective Jorge Del Rio. Free admission, donations are certainly welcome, and all proceeds go to Detective Del Rio's family. Yeah, I love, I love when I get a chance to announce for Dayton Fire. They do a lot of great things for the brother and sisterhood, first responders, fire departments, and police departments. Not just Dayton, Ohio, USA, but the surrounding areas. We had Franklin a couple years back, Germantown, I think. There was a couple around there, but yeah, definitely an event. You should circle again April 25th, 6 p.m., Springfield Chiller, and it's Dayton Fire against Fort Wayne Freeze. So, please bring donations. They'll go to Detective Del Rio's family. And I think that's all I really want to... Wait a minute. Nope. It's springtime, and we had ourselves a beautiful day today. Mm-mm. 57 degrees in Dayton. Mostly sunny, a little bit chilly with the wind, but... Hey, it was a great day. The Dayton Dutch Lions women's team of the WPSL has released their home schedule for 2020. Starts off with May 13th at 7 against the Cleveland Ambassadors. May 24th at 5, that's Sunday, against the Columbus Eagles FC. In fact, four of the five home games are Sundays. May 31st at 3, Detroit Motor City FC. Just Motor City FC. That's the team that won the division last year. Great Lakes Division, I believe. Pittsburgh Hotspurs FC, the newcomers to the conference, June 21st at 4. And June 28th at 1, Sunday. Dayton v. Cincinnati Sirens. Definitely come out to that. Speaking of the Sirens, they also released their home schedule. Please don't tell me they got rid of that tweet. They got rid of that tweet. Excellent. Well, as you might know, the Sirens have moved from Lakota West to Fairfield High School this year. You know, the big high school right behind Jungle Gym, so go catch a Sirens game. And before or after that, Go to Jungle Gyms. That's where all the good food is. Well, good food, I mean, there's a lot of international. They have a fire truck with hot sauce. How can you not like Jungle Gyms? Yes, there's a Eastgate slash Batavia one, but eh, I don't know. I heard it's not as glamorous as the Fairville one, but there you go. So yeah, that tweet has been erased. Hooray, so I feel like even more of an idiot. While we pull up the Sirens' schedule, the Ohio Valley Premier League. We haven't talked about them in a while. They mentioned their 10 teams playing U23 men's soccer. Recently, it was determined the OVPL will field a women's division of U23 soccer as well. And they announced the first team to play said women's division, the Lexington Landsharks, meaning the Lexington, Kentucky team will have not only a men's team, but a women's team. I think that's outstanding. Now, granted, I don't see the Cincinnati Dutch Lions joining this because they don't have a women's team. They don't have a women's team. I forgot. Noise Gate gets rid of the whispering. Sorry. Sirens, maybe? Team 2? That'd be neat. Maybe the Swerve. Swerve. Well, no, it's still Sirens. But I think the Sirens will be in that mix. So, yeah, definitely excited to see the OVPL giving opportunities to both men and women. And as the teams are announced, we'll talk about them on the weekly podcast. So I want 
I want sports in Cincinnati Dane to succeed. Yes, the Firebird story, it, it's still, you know, got me all confused and everything. But I, I really want everything to succeed around here. So that's why I talk about it in this podcast. So Lexington Landsharks are your first women's division team in the OVPL. And I believe they'll announce more as the weeks come by. But can't be too, too late because, again, the season starts in May. At least I think it'll start in May, but yeah. So definitely really looking forward to that. Still haven't really um, pulled up the schedule. <clears throat> That's my fault on that. I do want to say... they get rid of the Facebook post too? Yes, they did. How to make a podcaster look like an idiot. Oh, wait, I do that by myself. I think I'm good making myself look like an idiot. Or sound like an idiot, even. You can't see me. There you go. So, go on the Facebook page. There it is, four hours ago. Home games are in white. And I'm looking at the schedule. Facebook page, and the home games are in white. White games are in that lime green color. Home games for the Sirens. Motor City, May 30th at 8. May 31st, Columbus in town at 6. June 6th, Dayton versus Cincinnati at Fairfield High School, 8. June 13th, Cleveland's in town at 8. June 20th, Pittsburgh Hotspurs at 8. And I'm going to be sharing this again because, like I mentioned, Last post I did got deleted. It's not very nice. But there you go. Your away games, Pittsburgh, May 16th. Motor City, June 7th. So that's three straight home games for the Sirens. And they'll close out with three of the last four away from Fairfield. Like I mentioned, Fairfield High School's Alumni Stadium is the new home of the Sirens. Which is not too far from Lakota West, to be honest. I mean, if you know your back ways, you can get to the back way of... Jungle Gyms, Forest Fair Mall. I know, I said Forest Fair Mall. There's nothing there except that arcade, Coles, and Bass Pro. But still, that's what we used to do when I was a kid. But yeah, it's... it's. I just thought of something. That lovely um, Bypass 4 intersection, if you go the back way, which, that's Union Central, turns into... Symes? Yeah, that's Symes. Burt's... The road that takes you to Fairfield. Anyway, years back, they made it so you can't go straight. You have to turn right no matter where you're going, if, if, if you're not going on Bypass 4. What you have to do, turn right. If you want to go on the signs or through, through, you go on this U-turn. You wait for the light to change, and you go in the U-turn that you can turn right to continue on. If you want to go north... Bypass farm from Lakota West to Fairfield, you just turn right and go up the road. Want to go south on Bypass 4, you got to make the U-turn and then just go on Bypass 4. Yeah, that is. Dayton, Cincinnati, Ohio, the home of ridiculous intersections. Because everyone can't get enough of complaining about those, but apparently I just did, so there you go. Although it would be nice to see that diamond double diamond intersection. They're making it where you can have a right-of-way to either 75 North or South from Union Central. When's it supposed to be open? Probably in 10 years. 
I decide not to podcast anymore, but I think that'll do it for episode 138. Yes, I wanted to cover more. College baseball is in full swing. Home games start this week for the Dayton Flyers. Norfolk, Kentucky will be in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Free to come out to Warner Field at DPNL Stadium. Wright State will have their first home game next Tuesday at 3 against Miami University. By the way, the Raiders won in 14 against the Miami Redhawks last night in a game that took about five and a half hours. Yes, I said five and a half hours. And former Eaton Eagle Dami, uh, Donnie Nicodemus pitched for the Raiders. I think that's his third time out there. But hey, there's someone from Provo County on a team that I announced for, so that makes me happy. Next week, we'll keep up with the college basketball. These teams are going to get through their conference tournaments, and then it's time for the big dance. I did mention IU East. They're waiting to find out where they're playing and what seed they'll be. So definitely look out on social media for that because that's literally going to be the next thing every tweet. Until episode 139, remember if someone tells you that Ohio State's the only sport in town, tell them to quit it. See, I, I really want to have like a ending episode quote saying there's great sports in Cincinnati Dayton. It's not just Ohio State compared to what the media tells you. But yeah, last week I think I said shove it or something, which I look back it's like, wow, I'm a jerk. Of course I knew that a long time ago, but episode 138 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast in the books. This is Lee W. Mallon. We'll talk to you again episode 139. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday Sports Group to submit your future Mowen's Mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.